0: is Creative Resistance, the podcast miniseries, where in each episode we explore how art and activism can be combined to resist power and affect social change. I'm your host Sarah J. Halford.
1: You have to get into a room with people who think the same, maybe not think the same way you do, but see the same problems. You have to bounce ideas off of one another, you have to learn, I mean it's about building that, that trust, that love, that knowledge base don't make the experts you know for all us going around saying oh and act up we did it this way that's great most of the time we were we were just improvising mm-hmm. we had some set ideas and then it was improvisation um you are the experts you know what the issues are you know what matters to you think about you know think creatively think you know what do you actually want people to do and also there should be steps I mean if you want to get you know do you want to do that so, that so you get a meeting? Then what do you want to say at the meeting? I mean, it's great to have the end goal of, like, changing the, you know, bringing down the institution, whatever, or, you know, changing the whole way they do X. But, like, what are your incremental pieces? What is, you know, it's about, and then what? And then what?
0: And then That was Ron Goldberg, a former member of ACT UP. Ron raised an important question. What are the incremental pieces of your activism? There's a lot of pressure when it comes to a question like this because in order to answer it, you have to drop the dreamy language that we love to use about the power of art, how it can change a person's perspective, that it can be used as a weapon against oppression or shake a society to its core. All those things sound amazing, but Ron is asking, how? How are we actually going to make those things happen? This is where we can examine the true mechanics of artistic activism, its various pieces and a plan for how they might work together. Those pieces are called tactics, and that plan is called a strategy. So in this episode, we're going to spend some time decoding that dreamy language that art activists sometimes use when talking about their work, so that we can get an unequivocal understanding of what tactics and strategies look like in artistic activism. Now, I love a good definition, so I asked Steve to define for me what a tactic is.
2: A tactic is a thing that one does, an action that one performs, in order to move you closer to an objective. A tactic can be something like a demonstration. A tactic can be something like um, letter writing. A tactic can be something like a performance. A tactic can be a piece of art that one displays. The idea is it's the thing that is seen. It's the thing that is heard. It's the thing which is produced. But very importantly is the value of a tactic is that it actually moves us closer towards our objectives, which then move us closer towards our goals. Otherwise, it's just a tactic for tactic's sake. No good social movement holds a protest just to hold a protest. They hold a protest in order to put pressure on elected officials. They hold a protest in order to demonstrate to themselves their sense of power and numbers. They hold a protest in order to get a story on the news. All of these things, all tactics are always and only valuable insofar as they're a means to another end. Otherwise, you're just doing tactics for tactics' sake, which is like art for art's sake.
0: So tactics in general are the means to a particular end. Using a tactic in artistic activism typically means that we're using the art in a certain way to achieve an objective, those smaller accomplishments that build the foundation for the bigger accomplishments. The art is the means, and the objective is the ends. will
1: go, stand tall tomorrow morning at City Hall.
0: Here's what that looks like from Ron Goldberg, the art activist that we heard from earlier. Ron was part of ACT UP's action committee, which means that he helped to pull off the theatrical demonstrations that ACT UP is known for. He was also dubbed chant queen by the group and often used chants and performances as his go-to tactics.
1: There was this moment where we were up in Albany um, uh,
0: with Cuomo. The Cuomo that he's talking about is Mario Cuomo, who was the former governor of New York from 1983 to 1994, which were some of ACT UP's prime years. You know,
1: Mario was doing his Mario thing, which is that he would come and he would, you know, talk to and say, "Well, what do you need?" You know, what's and and the cameras are capturing. So he's like, you know, here's he's sort of co-opting what we're doing. And I sort of re- had this moment where it was like I recognized that oh, what he's doing is it's now it to look like he's listening to us in sympathetic Mario, whatever. So I, I wish I could come up with a chant right now. Basically, it was like, uh, not talk, we need action, something to that effect. And then everyone sort of, at the same time, recognized what was going on and commenced into a die-in. And Mario had to flee, because he didn't want to be seen stepping over the body of, um, you know, of, of people there. I mean, there were certainly...
0: So in that example, the tactic that ACT UP used was in two parts, the chant and the die-in. They were the means to the ends of basically exposing Mario's bullshit, which might have worked on its own. Politicians do tend to flee when things get rowdy. But the cameras were also there, which compounded the effect of their tactic. With the cameras pointed at them, the group could use the opportunity to both interrupt Mario's bullshit and expose it to the public. So the tactic was the chant and die-in, how they used the tactic was through media exposure and confrontation, and the objective was to stop and expose the bullshit. But notice that that objective was relatively small in the grand scheme of ACT UP's work. Did it end discrimination against LGBTQ individuals? No. Did it make the Federal Drug Administration produce HIV-AIDS drugs quicker? Probably not. But for that moment, Ron's tactics shook up a politician who had a good amount of influence over policy that could either help or hurt people. It was an improvised effort to take Cuomo down a peg and show him the strength and smarts of ACT UP. Art activists use tactics that mainly involve art and creativity, but the way that they use their tactics will vary. Joey Juschka, who's a creative writer in Berlin, told me about how she uses humor and playfulness in her work to communicate
3: her message. So I think it's, the intention is to bring this topic out there, but in a way that it's um, a bit funny. Like I like humor a lot. so. Yeah, that's why I also like sometimes um, performing my pieces or doing a spoken word instead of people having to read it silently or like even thinking like, oh, I'm reading a piece of literature work now and then <laughs> it happens in Germany a lot that then the literature gurus, <laughs> they don't like funny and then if they read my stuff mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't know, it's not, I don't know. <laughs> like oh my It's not meant to be serious, it's meant to be, to tickle you somehow and I don't know, to just find a way into people's um, mind, instead of going confrontation, because then most people just go like, oh yeah, you want to confront me, you're aggressive, why should I stay and listen, so just do, you know, sneak in there with some good story, which they would like to read, and then go like, ooh, and this good story things are hiding.
0: So Joey likes her writing tactics to be funny and imaginative, but also non-confrontational. In fact, several artists that I spoke to said that they like to use fun, humor, playfulness or a kind of gentle intrigue in their work. But not the center for political beauty. Kunstaktion oder echte Drohkulisse. Vor dem Maxim Gorki Theater in Berlin streifen Tiger durch eine Arena aus Glas und Stahl. Flüchtlinge fressen nennt sich die Aktion. Die vor allem Flüchtlinge Einzelnen, fressen. Schlagzeilen That's German for eating <inaudible> refugees. Eating refugees <inaudible> is also the name of an action that Political Beauty created. And basically, it went like this. In the summer of 2016, Political Beauty demanded that the German government change an antiquated law that would prevent refugees from flying from Turkey to Germany. If the law was not overturned, they said, it would be the same as the German government sentencing the refugees to death. And so, to illustrate the draconian nature of this law, they created a performance that would simulate the conditions of gladiator games in ancient Rome. And they did this by setting up an arena with four actual tigers and asked refugees to volunteered to be eaten by them. And boy, did it piss people off. Dying, There's thousands of them dying in the Mediterranean all the time. We're looking at pictures of fucking babies on the coast of Greece. It does nothing. You know what's more interesting? Just watch Get Eaten by a Tiger, a white Europe, privileged European. That they will put their ass on the line and say, you know what, if refugees don't get let in the country, tigers can eat me. They're not willing to feed themselves to the tigers, but they're totally happy to exploit poor brown people, for their own fucking, for their that was Diana Arce, the creator of Pludoki, who we've heard from in past episodes. But she's not the only one to be outraged by political beauty. Politicians and citizens alike have claimed a tremendous amount of moral outrage toward the work, saying that, amongst other things, the group uses refugees as props in their work. But when I spoke to André Leopold, artist and privy councillor of the group, he told me that he is a firm believer in Political Beauty's approach and is insistent in his pro-confrontation argument. He explained to me that he prefers to think of the work that Political Beauty makes not as artistic activism, but as aggressive humanism.
3: The
1: humanistic lobby is, is, is very polite, uh, usually. And
3: uh, first, it means uh, for us not, not being... Uh, as, as polite as uh, as it usually was, uh, polite on the other one way. Okay, so the recording
0: uh, sucks uh, sucks here. Sorry about that. But I'm going to reiterate a couple of things that he said. He says that he wants to use the work to build bridges in the sphere of collective unconscious. He wants to examine what's going on underneath the surface of an action and bring some pressure and inspiration to the situation. Basically, what he's saying is that political beauty wants to get a rise out of you with the intention of creating positive change. To do so, they use theatrical spectacle in an extreme and intentionally provocative way as their tactic, with the objective of being so extreme that it sort of jars the audience out of their typical way of thinking. They provoke through aggression so that ideally, it stirs up an excitement or energy in people that can then be directed to rectify situations like the refugee crisis. I like to think of this approach as shaking up a can of soda until someone or something opens the tab or the pressure just becomes too much and it explodes on its own. Either way, it's gonna be messy. So maybe we don't agree with the measures that political beauty goes to with their work, but confrontation and provocation are legitimate tactics in activism. Act Up use them, Occupy use them, and even in its own way, the civil rights movement use them. So while we can't dismiss aggression as a tactic entirely, maybe we could do without the tigers. Art for social change is an idea that encompasses many different approaches on how people use their art as a change agent. There are some who consider their work to be a drop in the bucket of overall Art for Social Change efforts and feel that it's not really their place to create a strategy. There are others who want their work to address multiple issues and use their art when they see that it might aid the creation of a slow, steady, generational change. Both of those approaches are valid, but it's helpful to think about what kind of plan you want to create for your artistic activism from the beginning. Do you want to use your work by jumping from issue to issue, or do you want to stick to one specific issue, intersectional as it may be, creating multiple artistic projects for the same topic? If you're interested in jumping from issue to issue and project to project, then you might feel the urge to stop at tactics. But I want to encourage you to consider what a strategy in artistic activism looks like and what it can mean for the overall efficacy of the work. Tactics exist in the immediate, the small picture, and they work to achieve a specific objective. But when working on a specific issue, there can be many different tactics used. Strategies help to organize those tactics to point toward a specific goal. Strategies require us to look at the work beyond just the immediate art project.
2: A strategy is the overall plan that you have for an entire campaign. For example, um, there's many different strategies to, let's say, have lgbtq people be on an equal standing in macedonia there can be a legal strategy where you basically pass laws there can be a political strategy where you get queer friendly politicians in power there can be a popular power you know strategy where you your job is to get people out in the streets and demand things or there can be a cultural strategy in which you can create the idea and ideal of what a queer friendly better more happy, more wonderful Macedonia would be like. Um, because we're doing creative activism, we're mainly engaged in creative strategies. Um, but the strategy, someone once said to me, is the thoughtful how, which is, how are we going to do this? How are we going to contest power? How are we going to bring about social change? Um, and that how always has to be revisited. Is it an effective strategy? Is it not effective strategy? There's moments in history when violence is the most effective strategy and a cultural strategy would be ridiculous. There's moments when and places in which uh, violence is a ridiculous strategy and a cultural strategy is important. Um, So it's really about thinking about how do you want to bring about social change? And then tactics are moments in that strategy. Those moments which will actually, if implemented, bring about social change.
0: But your artistic activism doesn't have to coincide with a full-fledged activist campaign that one specific organization created. The individual artist can contribute to this work as well. So your thing might just be artistic tactics, but you can add your work to a social movement by recognizing the various strategies that people are already out there using. Can your work aid a legal strategy, a political strategy, a media strategy?
2: Even if you're just an individual artist who's not working on a campaign, you still need to think about, well, what do I want to have happen? And once you decide what it is that you want to have happen, then you need to think about that thoughtful how. How is the best way to make this happen? And then once you think about that, you can think about, well, what individual pieces, tactics, actions are best suited to bring this about. But I think the grand thing about strategy is it allows you to think further than, I'm angry and I just want to do this piece. Or, I think this is important, I just want to do this piece. And it makes you think in terms of, what do I really want to have happen? What do I want what do I want my impact in the world to be? And then you can start to think about the multiplicity of tactics because all campaigns have a multiplicity of tactics. The multiplicity of tactics which you can use to move yourself towards that.
0: We went over a lot of things in this episode, so here's a quick recap. A tactic is a thing that you do in order to reach an objective. In artistic activism, oftentimes those tactics will be art-related, and it's up to you to figure out how you want to use your art. Do you want it to be funny and light, or do you want to provoke people? Do you want it to be planned in advance, or do you want it to be improvised? A strategy is an overall plan for your work, which can take on many different areas. Often, artistic activism takes on a cultural strategy, but there can be a legal strategy, political strategy, and so on. Strategies are also linked to goals, the big things that we want to accomplish. And finally, tactics and strategies can be used in and outside of an organized activist campaign. If your thing is creating artistic tactics, then great! look for a strategy that your work can be a part of. If your thing is organized activism, then think about introducing your favorite group to the world of artistic tactics. There is no one right approach to art for social change efforts, but there is a way that we can apply tactics and strategies to any effort to create more effective work. On the next episode of Creative Resistance, we'll talk about the importance of context and why it's potentially the most important element in artistic activism.